I want to continue today in Revelation, and we are nearly through the, the difficult parts of the book of Revelation. It's not because the Word of God is difficult. The Holy Spirit opens it up to us. He gives us wisdom and knowledge around that. But it is really difficult to preach about the downfall of man. It's really terrible, terrible for the last few weeks to preach through a passage and to know what's going to happen to people. And in many cases, people that you and I love, loved ones, good old school friends of ours. Think of your school friends that you've had. Beyond that, think of your family that you grew up with, your brothers and your sisters, your mothers and your fathers, your uncles and your aunties and everybody. Reading the last few weeks through the last few chapters and the three and a half years, which they will go through if they do not follow Jesus Christ. And especially, especially the last three and a half years of the tribulation is going to be terrible. We've seen it over and over again. How brilliantly that John, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, saw this vision and he writes it down and he goes back and he fills in detail. And this is nothing new in the Word of God. You remember in Genesis chapter 1, we see the creation of the earth. And then in Genesis chapter 2, in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 and 27, he says that God created man in his image. But then he goes into chapter 2 and he, he re-explains how God created Adam out of the dust. This is the same principle that happens in Revelation. He goes back into that seven years. First it was the seals. And then after that the trumpets. And we saw the bowls. Whoever knows what the seven thunders, you remember the thunders? We haven't got that written up here. But one thing I do know, friend, is that one day we will all know what it is. And, and just last week we saw the terrible, terrible part of those bowls, what's going to happen on this earth, boils and sores and terrible heat. And you remember those, those hail storms, big hail boulders falling from heaven. And this is why it's difficult to preach through it, to think that people that we love will, will and might die in that. But what comes worse than that, friend, is not how they die physically, it is actually where they end up for eternity. For now, if you die without Christ, you go to Hades, you wait there. You wait there for what? For the judgment. And if you die in Christ, you go to heaven. But eventually, after everything is said, the lake of fire will be opened up. And we know that Lucifer will be thrown into that, the Antichrist and the false prophet. And the people, the sons of disobedience, will follow them and have a habitation there. Terrible place. Absolutely terrible. So as we continue in Revelation chapter 17, we see now... How again we're going to go back. This already happened. You've already heard this. I've already preached through this. But now he concentrates on just this one harlot, Babylon. And he concentrates on that. And you're absolutely right. If you look at the world today, my brother, what's going on? Political world is using religion to bring in the decay of mankind. This is what we see. And remember what I said a few weeks ago. I'm not surprised by that. 
We're not taken by surprise. I don't even get angry about it because it is written. It's going to happen. We're going to see more worse things than this. Remember a couple of weeks ago I said that now they've got a man can marry a man? And what if it happens that they could be three marrying each other? I said it. And woe and behold, I saw a Facebook page coming out that now people are talking about it. Why having a marriage with one if you can have with two? What, what's stopping us? But, you know, I'm not surprised by this because depravity will get worse. And we're going to see that today. If you start with a small sin, let it be known today. It will grow like a, a fire, like a bush fire. And you cannot stop it. The only thing that can stop it is the gospel of Christ. But we as a church needs to speak out against that. And you know why it's important. It's important for our little children. I saw an article this week where they say that they found out now that the safe schools which they are pushing through Australia, the modus operandi of or that whole thing is sitting with pedophilia. And I'm not surprised by that, because if you look at what they're trying to do to your little children in schools now, is to prepare them for this new world order. And there's two, there's two horses that's going to bring this in. One is through the polit political horse, and the other one is religion. And we're going to see it now in chapter 17 and 18. How privileged are you and I, not to read the newspapers and the magazines, or somebody who's seeing what's going on in the world, we see this in the Word of God. We get a glimpse of what's coming in the future. Not history, but future. So you'll be shocked and surprised to see a lot of the things that you're going to see still coming out in the world. But again, I say those words, shock and surprise. We shouldn't be as children of God, shocked and surprised. The magnitude thereof is going to surprise you. But these things are coming so let's look at Revelation chapter 17. <clears throat> and the topic or the headline here for this message is the great harlot or the great whore. Uh, I preached on this once in New Zealand and, and a lady came to me afterwards and said uh, she feels it's very uncomfortable and unbefitting to use this word in church. I said, well, then it's unbefitting to read the Bible because it's in the word of God. <laughs> And that's just true. And I'll explain it to you why this, this system is called a harlot and a whore. And we find our key verse in verse 1. He says in Revelation 17 verse 1, Then one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls came and talked with me, saying to me, Come and I will show you the judgment of the great harlot. You see it right there. We don't need any uh, political correctness to take it out. It's right there and that's how I'll read it and that's how I'll preach it. Who sits on many waters with whom the kings of the earth committed fornication. Do you know what fornication is? It is ugly outside of marriage. That is what it is. Sexual intercourse outside of marriage. And he connects this to that and he says the inhabitants uh, of the earth. Now, that is our key. Now, it's not surprise for us to see this lady. Because we've already read about this in Revelation chapter 16, verse 19. We've already read about this. And in Revelation 14, verse 8, uh, has already declared the fall of Babylon. Now we're just going to see how he describes it uh, physically, how it's going to fall. In Revelation 17 and 18, the fall of Babylon 
is carefully detailed for us so that we know and you'll be amazed that if you've got this understanding out of the word of God news events will happen around the world and you'll go yep yep that is actually true because we saw it in Revelation there is a religious system that's coming coming to stand right now a religious system is going to bring in the Antichrist this is what this chapter is all about it is amazing to me that they, the politics, the politicians, come and they touch things which is moral. It doesn't belong with politicians. Something like euthanasia does not belong with politicians. It belongs with the church. The church should decide whether it's right or wrong. And why the church? Because we've got a plumb line. We've got a guidance. The Bible says murder is wrong. And that settles it for me. So why in the world does a politician need to go and sit down and vote now in a conscience vote to say, well, you know, I think. What is your modus operandi? What is your reference point? What is your foundation if you say, I think, and you're a son of disobedience? If you do not follow Christ, and I'm not just saying somebody says, oh, I'm a Christian. No, no. I'm, I'm talking about a blood-washed, born-again child of God. Is there any of those in the politics today? There might be some of them there. But let me tell you, friend, the world is going down the drainage. And they are following politicians to make these decisions, which are moral decisions. These things lies with the church. Relationship between a man and a woman. That is a moral decision. Where does it lie? Come on, you, you, you be the judge. It lies with the church. Now all of a sudden the politicians need to step up and go, we who know better than you, the citizens, we are going to decide on your behalf. You know, I find it absolutely fascinating that they do not want to put it out a vote to the people. I'll tell you why. Because they're afraid. They're afraid they're going to lose. Because they are being gobbling up all of this lies and nonsense about people and saying the whole world is crying out for it. It's not. It's only a small minority. But they are grabbing the hearts of the politicians. Listen to me. Let me just get my politics off my chest right now, okay? Let me just get it off. The reason why they want to touch these things is because they are after these people's votes. End of story. They are after these people's votes and this falls into the same class that they now are coming with a vengeance after Christianity. With a vengeance, I'm telling you today. They will grab onto every single group in society, whether they blow up planes, whether they, they, they behead people, whether they blow them up, whether they sink them in cages to be drowned or anything. They will grab onto these groups who infiltrated our country just for one reason only is to get votes. And then they want to do the moral decisions of the Word of God. And I'm telling you, there is a big crash coming. I'm not saying it because I'm standing here and trying to suck it out of my thumb. I know what the Word of God says. It is coming. We are going to read about it today. And it's so true, friends. So I'm not amazed, but this is what we're going to see. This fall is going to be detailed. Babylon is mentioned 287 times in the Bible. In the scriptures, Babylon, more than any other city except Jerusalem. Praise God. 
<laughs> so you have Babylon and you've got Jerusalem. Which one do you want to stay in? There's no choice here. There's no voting here. There's no conscience vote here. Jerusalem, the city of God. Oh, praise the Lord. Just by saying it, I'm getting excited. The city of God. But Babylon, the spiritual uh, harlot, it's terrible. We see the city was an actual city. We're also going to see it's a spiritual city. That's what we're going to see. First of all, let me show you the actual city. In Genesis chapter 11, verse 1, he says, Now the whole earth had one language and one speech. What is the cry of the world today? They want one language, one speech. This is so true to our day. You see, the devil hasn't got new tricks up his sleeve. He hasn't got new tricks. It's the old ones which he just dusts off and he puts it out. My, you know really what amazes me is that really thinking people are just falling for the same trick over and over again. He says that one language, one speech. And it came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar and they dwelt there. Now I can preach on about that verse and I can expand that to you. But this is the Middle East he's talking about now. Then they said to one another, now listen to this, come let us. Come let us. Who is that about? I'll, t I'll tell you what it's about. It's about the selfie. Me. It's a selfie. That's what it is. Let us. Let me. Are we living in that society today? It's way more amplified now than in their day because we've got technology now which can make you feel good about yourself. That's what we're living in. It's the same thing. Come let us make bricks and bake them thoroughly. That's our work. That's our efforts. They had bricks for stone and they had asphalt for mortar. And they said, now listen again, come let us build ourselves a city. The problem here was God scattered them over the earth. God wanted them to go over the earth. And what did they do? They say, let us build a city. What is a city? It's a permanent habitation. It's a one place coming together. If you're living in a city, you are not scattered over the world. So even that, they went against the commandment of God. They say, let us build ourselves a city and a tower. What is a tower? It's power. So they build themselves a tower whose top is in the heavens. Let us make a name for ourselves. You listen to every self-help guru today. And what is he talking about? Oh, you just got to find the best of yourself that's inside of you. And then once you bring that best inside of you out, man, you're going to make a name for yourself. It's all about me. It's again the selfie. Selfie! I should have one year with old church in the background. But who's in front of that photo always? Always, tell me. You. This is the society we're living in. This was there in Genesis. This is in Revelation chapter 17. We see it happening over and over again. He says, let us make a name for ourselves, lest we scatter it about over the face of the whole earth. What does the word but mean in the Bible? Sharp contrast. I love this. He says there in verse 5, but the Lord came down. Hallelujah. My brother, you can read those things 
They can do it in the UN. They can have the most powerful man of the earth standing up and say, let us, let us, let us. You know what I want to say to him? But the Lord came down. Amen. That's a message for the world. Because there's two. There's two plans here now. One is man's plan and one is God's plan. And which one weighs the heaviest? God's plan. He's going to outweigh man's plan every single time. He says, But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the sons of men has built. And the Lord said, Indeed, the people are one, and they all have one language, and that is what they begin to do. Now, listen to this. Now, nothing that they purpose to do will be withheld from them. Have you seen that? Now, nothing that they purpose or propose to do will be withheld from them. I was alarmed. There's a church here in, in Melbourne, in the city. I was alarmed to listen to one of their sermons, their senior pastor. He was preaching to their leadership. And you know what verse he used? For his leadership. He used not the whole verse. He used this part. You can go and Google it. Go and find it out, okay? He preached to them on this there. Now, nothing that they propose to do will be withheld from them. You know how he preached it to them? He said to them, if we as a church and as leadership stand together, nothing will be withheld from us. You know what I want to say this morning? That is blasphemy. Doesn't matter what he tried to do. Because... God didn't make them to come together in a city and to propose everything. No, no, He sent them out. He sent them out. He used it in the wrong way. Anyway, that's a different message. Verse 7, came, Come, let us, this is God, go down to these and confuse their language that they may not understand one another's speech. You know what I want to learn? I want to learn, what is the language called? Malaljal. Malayal. Wasn't it lovely this morning when my sister was praying in Malayal? Could you understand it? Could any of you understand it? Only four, three people in the church, four people could understand it, and the little ones. But my sister was praising God, am I right? You were, you, you were praising the God, Jesus, and you were praising Jesus Christ, am I right? But you see, this is how wonderful it is. God put different languages in. But the world says, no, one language, one government, one world order. And it's coming. But praise the God, He is going to come down. Amen. He's going to come down. <clears throat> so the Lord scattered them abroad from there over the face of all the earth. And so we came to New Zealand and we came to Australia. And we are brose and we are kiwis and, and we are... Uh, good on your mate, and we are Australians, and we're from all over the place of the world. Isn't it wonderful? And here we sit this morning, different nations and languages. He scratched them over, overboard, ceasing to building the city. Therefore, its name is called Babel, because there the Lord confused the language of all the earth, and from there the Lord scattered them aboard the face. You see, there was the city there. It was a religious city because the, it, it was not only a political city that city, it was a religious city. They wanted to become God, like their father, Lucifer. Let's look at Revelation chapter 17, verse 1 now. <coughs> he says, 
Then one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls came and talked with me, saying, Come, I will show you the judgment of the great harlot who sits on many waters, which whom the kings of the earth committed fornication, and the inhabitants of the earth were made drunk with the wine of their fornication. This, in a, in a mythological way, this religion was founded uh, if, and I'm going to just name some uh, names here for you, like Babylon. It was founded in Babylon based on a myth where Nimrod, do you remember what Nimrod was one of the, the great grandsons of Noah, and he built this city there, and they started living in the city. Now, the myth of the Babylonians says that there was a queen called Semiramis, and Semiramis miraculously, listen to this now, miraculously bore a son, and this son's name was Tammuz. And this is why you find in all of these worlds, you find the mother and the child. You see it in all the pictures and all the emblems and everything all over the world. You find this. And people are saying, oh, this is wonderful because it's Mary and Jesus. It's not. No, it is, it is this. It's Semiramis and Tammuz. That's what you see in all of the population, in all of these false religions. You see these two there. And then obviously we know that Nimrod died. He, he was out of the way. So it was only the mother, Semiramis and the son. And you know what happened in those days when the king died, they throw the whole family out. So Semiramis had to work out a plan to stay in power. So what happened? The son, Thomas, apparently was killed by a boar, but miraculously survived. And he, he became like God's status for the people. And because he was God and Semiramis was the mother of the God, what happened? They stayed in power. Look, there's all of these things here, but if you think about that, that story which I just taught you there sounds so close to the story of Jesus Christ, isn't it? Where this woman who was a virgin miraculously got the son Jesus Christ. But is in our, in our faith, is Mary the most important? No. No, who was it? It was the son. It was Jesus Christ the son. And then what happened to Jesus? He died. And after three days, he was risen. And here, here they say, but that's Thomas. This was so rife in their day in the Old Testament, everybody knew about that. You say, where's the proof of that? Well, we see in Ezekiel chapter 8, verse 14, where we read, So he brought me to the door of the north gate of the Lord's house. You see, this is the Lord's house. It was the temple. And to my dismay, women were sitting there weeping for Thomas. So what did they do? They brought the world into the church. They brought mythology into the church. It's happening today. Eastern religion, they're bringing it into the church. You, you've got people now talking about Christian yoga. <laughs> That's an oxymoron. It doesn't fit together. And all of these things. Not only that, but in the Old Testament, we read in Jeremiah chapter 7, verse 18, the children gather wood, the fathers kindle fire, and the women knead dough to make cakes for the queen of heaven. You see that? Semiramis. And they pour out drink offerings to other gods that they may provoke me to anger. This is God that they may provoke me to anger. Look, I'm parachuting into this passage. It's a wonderful reading if you want to go and read these chapters. So now you find this. <coughs> it's part of a religious system. It's mythology. In Jeremiah chapter 44 verse 25, Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, saying, 
you and your wives have spoken with your mouths and fulfilled with your hands, saying, we will surely keep our vows that we made to burn incense to the Queen of Heaven and pour our drink offerings to her. You will surely keep your vows and perform your vows. I go to East, uh, 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 Asian countries. I've been to three Asian countries. And I'll tell you what, if you walk through the streets, they are burning incense. On the streets, everywhere, burning incense. To whom? To the gods, they say. I'll tell you to who they are burning it. They are burning it to Semiramis, the queen of heaven. And we know that it is wrong. We know that God's anger is risen from that. But you know what people say? It's only God. You know, he can get angry. I'll take God for a fight. Man, you're going to get second. <laughs> so here we find it. This is what's happened there. Now, there's a few things. Let's have a quick look here. He says, there, the judgment of the great harlot who sits on many waters. The many waters there talks about all over the world. Okay? So we see this religion siping into all of the nations and all over the world. And whom the kings of the earth committed fornication. The Bible and the Old Testament uh, 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 compare uh, uh, you know, going against God and turning away from God with fornication. It compares it with that. That is how bad it is. And the earth were drunk with the wine of her fornication. Let's look at verse 3. So he married me, oh, he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness. And I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast which was full of names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. The woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet and adorned with gold and precious stones and pearls, having in her hand a golden cup full of abomination and the filthiness of her fornication. And on her forehead was the name which was written, Mystery, Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and the abomination of the earth. I saw the woman drunk with the blood of the saints and with the blood of martyrs of Jesus. And when I saw her, I marveled with a great amazement. Friends, you are seeing behind the scenes. This is behind the scenes. What Andre was reading as for us today is in front of the scene. So that is the manifestation of what you see behind the scenes. This scarlet beast here. Who is that? That's the Antichrist. We saw that in Revelation chapter 13 verse 1. He said, he stood on the sand and out of the sea came this beast. And we, we went over that. So that's the Antichrist. I want you to see that this woman, this harlot is doing what? She is riding the Antichrist. So the Antichrist is giving power to the Antichrist. Again, I started off saying today, that who is the political politic arena to, to make decisions on moral things, which belongs in the church? The woman was in raid. Look at her. She's in luxury. She was arrayed in purple. Purple was expensive in those days, and scarlet, adorned with gold, precious stones, pearls, and she had this cup full of the... Now, now think about this. Who is getting filthy rich in our day today? It's religion it's amazing how quickly they get this money out of people I am actually amazed sometimes to see how they do it are we going to have a little bit of water which comes out of my tap 
I'll put it in a little bit bottle and I put my hand over it and pray for it and all of a sudden it becomes holy water. Holy water. Now how much do you pay for a liter of water today? I don't know, three bucks fifty. But man, if you buy my holy water just for a thousand dollars. Any takers? I'm selling it to the wrong crowd. <laughs> but they're using religion to become rich. I mean, we think about this. There's a lot of talk in Revelation 17 that this is Rome and it's the Pope sitting in Rome. How rich is the Vatican? Any one of you got an idea how rich the Vatican is? And how many followers do they have? And how many millions and trillions of dollars are flooding in? Here we see behind the scenes. We see this harlot sitting on the beast and we see all of the wealth uh, with her. And then it says, on her forehead she had a name. It was known in the day of Rome that the prostitutes were walking around with, with a band around their heads with their name on there. So the, he writes things which they would know in their day. We might not have seen that. I mean, if you go around and you look at prostitutes today, they don't walk around with bands on their heads, do they? No, they nearly they put scarce clothes on. That's how you see them these days. But then it was a sign, and here we see the sign. He says that she's the mother of harlots, plural. That's already faulted into the world, this fornication with this false religion. And then she drank the blood of saints. It is true that religion is the biggest killer of Christians ever. Religion. And there are still thousands who's adding to that number now through the false religion called Islam. They, they are turning against the Christians and they are killing them. Verse 7, But the angel said to me, Why did you marvel? I will tell you the mystery of the woman and the beast that carries her, which has the seven heads and the ten horns. The beast that you saw and is not and will ascend out of the bottomless pit and go to perdition, and those who dwell on the earth will marvel whose names are not written in the book of life from the foundation of the world when they see the beast that was and is not and is yet. He's describing the Antichrist. But he talks about the people who will see this. Those are the people whose names were not written in the book of life. So my question is, where is the church at this point in time? The church won't see what they're going to see on the earth anymore because the church won't be there. The church won't be part of that blood of the cup that she's drinking. <clears throat> the beast is absolutely now, what's going to happen? This now, the next part now, is going to be the last three and a half years. So the Antichrist is going to use religion to give him more power. We're going to see the false prophets going to help him as well. And then what happens? Once he's established, three and a half years into the seven years, he's going to set up the abomination in the temple. He's going to be revealed the man of sin. And what's going to do? He's going to then turn on religion like never before. Why? Because he's going to set up his own religion. Let's read on. Revelation chapter 17 verse 9, he says, Here is the mind which has wisdom. You need to think about this. The seven heads are seven mountains on which the woman sits. Now I know that there are people who say that these seven mountains is associated with Rome and the papacy. Because Rome is built on seven hills. 
And that's been, I've read so many commentaries over the years, which held that that is it. And look, I'm not going to say it's not it. But one thing that I see here is that the seven mountains is not seven hills. I, I think it's much wider than the seven hills of just Rome. I, I believe it's wider than that. I think it falls the whole earth. The seven main mountains of the earth. If we think it just sits on seven hills, that's not a big of influence. But if it covers the whole earth like it does today, then friends, we are seeing this mystery, this harlot, displaying herself in front of us already. Right here in Australia, in New Zealand, right over. No, no, I literally think that this means mountains. It is better to see these seven mountains representing the seven kings and the kingdoms all over the world as described in Revelation 17 verse 10. We're going to see that. Let me show you why I believe this is the whole world. Here is a few photos. Okay. We see there an interfaith prayer. There is our imam. There is Buddhist or Hinduism. Which one is that, uh, General? Do you guys? Hinduism. You see all the orthodox, orthodox Jews, uh, orthodox uh, Christianity, all of them coming together and say, no, we need to have an interfaith prayer meeting. Friend, I tell you one thing. I will invite a Muslim to come and pray with me. Okay? But when he comes in, I pray one prayer only, and that is to Jesus Christ, and through him to Elohim. So if a Muslim comes in here, he will hear the gospel. I'm not going to allow him to pray to Allah. And I go, Amen. I do not pray to Allah. We pray to Elohim. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. They reject the Son, Jesus Christ. They say He's a prophet. How then can you have a prayer meeting and I stand up and I say, In the name of Jesus, my Lord and my King. And with inside of them, they blaspheme Him. You cannot have that, but we see it happening. Here is the Pope embracing Islam. It's happening. It, it just this last week. I read something this last week about this. This is nothing new. It's only going to be evaluated. I, I struggle with my words today. It's going to become more evident the more we go. But you see, here is our big friend here, isn't it? Best life now. Yes. Oh no, I don't believe that God wants to really punish you. No, He's your friend. Not like you said this morning, my friend. But this, he himself said, look, we need to embrace Islam. That's his words. Here is Mr. Rick Warren. And he's one of the biggest one now with Christ Lamb. Have you heard about Christ Lamb? He's pushing Christ Lamb. Friends, that is the great harlot. All of these men are sitting inside of the great harlot. I do not call these two main Christians. I do, by any means, do not call them born again, blood-washed teachers of the Word of God. No. They are blasphemous. And they will stand. And look, these are only two that I pulled out. There are many more. But this is what's happening now. You see, see sitting on the seven mountains, I believe it covers the whole world. And you will see more of that. Now, who's going who's gonna to be pointed out with this? We are, because we do not accept it. 
they're going to turn on Christianity, who teaches the Bible verse for verse like we do. And they're going to say, we stand in the way of transformation. Get rid of those people. Because they, they're a blot against us. But you know what? We will still stand. Look at verse 10. He says, there are also seven kings. Five have fallen, one is, and after one is yet to come. And when he comes, he must continue a short time. And the beast that was and is not is himself also the eighth. And he's of the seven and he's going to perdition. I've heard somebody once say that the last pope is this one who's going to be there for a short time. He's not talking about the pope here. No, no. He's talking here about kingdoms. He says five have fallen. It refers to five world empires before John's day. Think about this. We've had Egypt. We've had Assyria, Babylonia, the Medo and the Persians, when they came in and they overthrew the Babylonians, and then we had Greece. That was before John's day. That's why he says, the five have fallen. He says it right there. Five have fallen, one is. Who's that? In John's day is Rome. It was Rome, is five, and the other has yet to come. And when he comes, he must, and who's that going to be? It's going to be the revived Roman Empire. The revived Roman Empire. You remember the statue? The toes were iron and clay. Where did the small rock hit the, the dream? Where did it hit? It hit that small, that feet. It, it just damages the whole, uh, break down the whole statue. So there is a new empire, a new force coming out. This all fits well together. The Antichrist coming out. And he's going to bring this world power. He's going to have him in power. They're going to use religion to push forward all of their agenda. And then halfway through he's going to turn on religion. <clears throat> so verse 12. Then the ten horns which I saw are the ten kings who have received no kingdom as yet. But they receive authority for one hour as kings with the beast. These are of one mind, and they will give their power and authority to the beast, to the Antichrist. These will make war with the Lamb, and with the Lamb will overcome them. For He is the Lord of lords and the King of kings, and those who are with Him are called chosen and faithful. Then He said to me, The waters which you saw where the harlot sits are the peoples, multitudes, nations, and tongues. And the ten horns which you saw on the beast, these will hate the harlot, make her desolate and naked, eat her flesh and burn her with fire. For God has put it into their hearts to fulfill His purpose, to be one of mind and to have the kingdom of the beast until the words of God are fulfilled. And the woman whom you saw is the great city which reigns over the kings of the earth. So here we see how they're going to turn on religion. And they're going to make her desolate. Let me just give you two pictures here. Genesis chapter 2. We found a garden. And there's a woman in the garden. And here we find in Revelation chapter 17, a harlot, where is she? In the wilderness. Out in the desert. You see, this is a picture of sin. Sin will take you from where you need to be to a desolate place which is described right here. The year is where she's going to turn, where the Antichrist is going to turn on this religious system. 
He's going to make it desolate, naked, eat the flesh, burn it with fire. Even the kings will turn against that. So people will turn against religion. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 3. Let no one deceive you by any means, for that day will not come unless the falling away comes first, and that the man of sin is revealed. Who's that? It's the Antichrist. It's the beast that we talk about here. The son of perdition, who opposes, opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God, all that is worshipped, so that he sits as God in the temple and God showing himself that he is good. So here we find that. Remember, here they're going to turn on the harlot, on religion. He says here that he will exalt himself above what is called God, or that is worship, which is religion. Three and a half years into it, he's going to set up his own religion, which he did before. Friends, we do not preach religion to people. We preach a relationship with our Lord Jesus Christ. How is your relationship today with Him? Think about that. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank You this morning for this opportunity to see what happens behind the scenes. And Father, as we read about this terrible system which is already grabbing this world, we just pray, Father, there's a verse here that I've read in this passage. It says, this is where wisdom comes in. Father, give us wisdom to understand. Help us, Father. Help our young ones. 